Crazy Talk is part of the AudioWorks podcast network. You can find out more at audio-works.co.uk. Other podcasts on the network include the Five Film Death Punch podcast, a twice-monthly interview exploring guests' five favourite films featuring directors, radio hosts and more, and the AudioWorks podcast, weekly long-form interviews with interesting, successful and funny people. Check them out. Hello, you're listening to Crazy Talk, a bi-monthly podcast all about mental health. My name is Meg Amigiasfand, your friendly neighbourhood emotional wreck. This is episode seven, and before I get into the topic for this episode, I just want to tell you about a few things that have crossed my path in the last couple of weeks. First of all, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge um, and Prince Harry have started an awesome campaign called Heads Together, which supports a range of mental health organisations from Mind to Calm to Young Minds. And the aim of the campaign really is quite similar to this podcast. It's just to encourage conversations about mental health and help to end the stigma around those conversations. So it's a really great step in the right direction. And the Duke of Cambridge did a really inspiring speech to launch the campaign, which you should definitely check out. I posted it on the Crazy Talk Facebook page, so head over there for that. Uh, secondly, thanks to Josh Astrop for sharing a great video with me. It's Frank Bruno and his daughter Rachel talking about their experience of dealing with mental health as a family. It's only a short video, but they cover some important topics, including the importance of being open and accepting help. So give it a watch. Um, it's also on the Crazy Talk Facebook page. So this week's topic, well, it's a bit of a change as uh, usually uh, if you listen to the podcast, you'll know I bring a guest on and let them share their experiences. But for this episode, I want to talk to you a little bit about medication, Um, my experience with medication, the positives and negatives, types of medication. Um, Medication is a topic that comes up quite a lot, actually, when I speak to people about mental health, both on the podcast and off of it. Um, It's either something that people find really scary or embarrassing or it's something that they strongly oppose or it's something that they credit with saving their lives. So it's a really divisive subject and one that I think it's important to talk about and learn more about. With it just being me in this episode, um, I don't think I need to explain this, but I will. These are just my opinions. Um, If you take 10 different people who have experienced a mental health condition they'll all have a different opinion on medication. Like I said, it's a divisive subject. But what I'm going to do is give you some facts about what they are, um, give you some background on the types of medication that you might be prescribed and what they typically do, and then share a little bit of my personal um, experience with uh, medication. So here we go. Let's talk about meds. (music) 
Well, I'm going to have to talk about it from the point of view of a psychologist because I'm not a medical doctor. I don't give prescriptions for drugs and frankly wouldn't if I could, but don't, can't. Um, so I, uh, you know, I look at it from a layman's point of view of logic. And, and I really believe in things natural, and I really believe in balance, and I really believe in homeostasis. And when we're, in, when we're injecting some sort of a um, foreign chemical in the body, regardless of what it is or what it's for, um, I don't believe in that. To me, it throws the body out of its normal, natural balance. And so sometimes in an acute case, not very often, but sometimes in an acute case, temporarily you have to have some kind of intervention that's not natural to the body or nature. Mm. Um, but that's not very often. So consequently, I really believe that looking, learning about it, I mean, we've got an internet full of wonderful information now. I think it frustrates some of the doctors because the patients come in and start telling you about things, but I'm not sure that sometimes they don't understand their very specific area better than the doctor does. Um, but it's, um, you know, logically, um, and I'm sure there are other aspects to this, and as I say, I'm speaking as non-medical, layman person, but when I first heard about um, uh, SSRIs, the popular antidepressants, and that they were selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And I thought about, what does that mean? Well, it means that we're blocking the reuptake of the serotonin back into the neuron. And, and it's like, well, that's part of the system. That's our recycling. Well, if we're blocking our recycling, what happens when we recycle? Well, we deplete. Okay, where does that take us? And to me, that was my layman look at it. And so I kept saying to myself, this was probably oh, 15, 18 years ago. And I would say, come on, Nancy, you know, you're not been trained in this. You know, what do you know? You're just looking at logic. <laughs> and so I told Leonard, my significant other, I said, you know, this is the way I look at this. And it's really strange. I don't understand what they're doing. That was Dr. Nancy White, a psychologist and one of many people who believe that antidepressants do more harm than good. And I'm going to start this by saying that I was one of those people for a very long time. But when things got really, really bad, honestly, antidepressants saved my life. Uh, as I said in the intro, this is just my opinion. And there are people out there who have actually found life harder on antidepressants than they did without them. So it can go either way. But for me, they were a really positive thing. So what are antidepressants? Well, antidepressants are any drug that is prescribed to a person to combat the symptoms of a range of psychological issues from depression and anxiety to ADHD, uh, eating disorders, sleep disorders, migraines, even snoring. Um, there are many different types of antidepressant, but I'm going to focus on the two main kinds that are most commonly prescribed. Uh, SSRIs, um, or selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, and SNRIs, or I'm going to pronounce this wrong, serotonin norepinephrine <laughs> reuptake inhibitors. Um, 
SSRIs are more common, but SNRIs are a newer type of antidepressant. And some people argue that they're cleaner, in air quotes, than old-fashioned SSRIs. Both drugs affect the serotonin transporter, like an SSRI, but also affect other serotonin receptors to receive, relieve um, major depression. SNRIs block the reuptake of both serotonin and norepinephrine. <laughs> I'm probably pronouncing that completely wrong, but whatever. Um, so what is serotonin? Well, serotonin is a chemical which is believed to be responsible for maintaining mood balance and a deficit of serotonin is therefore believed to be the cause of depression. Although I should mention that some argue that the decrease in serotonin in the brain could be a result of the depression and not the cause of it. You might be wondering why if serotonin is needed to maintain a balanced mood, we'd want to prevent its reabsorption into the brain. Well, normally, once a neurotransmitter has transmitted its neural impulse, um, it's generally reabsorbed and SSRIs inhibit the reabsorption reabsor of serotonin neurotransmitters and thus increase the levels in the synapse of the nerves in the brain um, which then elevates the mood. Um, I know it's a little confusing, but let's be honest, if you're going to put something in your body, it's important to know how it works. As far as I'm aware, uh, in the UK, the most commonly prescribed antidepressants are citalopram, which is what I take, and sertraline, which are both SSRIs. They're typically the ones that you'll get offered first, um, but other kinds that you might be prescribed, particularly if uh, one of those two don't work for you, are escitalopram, which is kind of like citalopram's um, more handsome younger brother, um, mirtazapine, which is actually neither an SSRI or an SNRI. It's an NASSA, uh, which is thought to have less side effects than SSRIs and SNRIs. Um, then lefaxine, which is an SNRI, or probably the most famous and old-fashioned SSRI, Prozac. Uh, there are other types too, but these are kind of the big guns. So why would someone want to start putting chemicals in their body on a daily basis? I mean, Dr. Nancy White at the start of this section basically said it's screwing with nature and your body's natural balance. But what if your body's balance is already out of whack? What if it needs help to bring it back? I'm going to tell you a bit about my experience with antidepressants now. Again, this is my opinion, my experience. Just because I've had a fairly positive experience with antidepressants doesn't mean that everybody has or will. Uh, it's really subjective and I honestly believe it comes down to whether you really need them or not. And I don't mean that in a uh, your situation is less serious than mine kind of way. I just think that everybody's body and mind is different and for some people it's not the fix they need. Uh, but for me, it was. So for seven years, I'd been maintaining my anxiety and depression myself, uh, moderately successfully. 
Um, time was always a really great healer. My family was supportive. And like a lot of people, I figured out little tricks to help drag myself out of the negative frame of mind I was finding myself in. You know, I knew little things that I could do that would kind of trick my brain into thinking I was okay. It was all really silly, but it worked for me for a really long time. Honestly, I felt like I was better than antidepressants. You know, I didn't need them. They were a cop-out. They were a scary and unnatural option that I'd never have to turn to. But little did I know, I hadn't seen the worst of my condition yet. It was an evening in August of 2014 that things suddenly took a turn for the worse for me. I got sick, um, kidney stones, and the way that made my body feel was not something that I could deal with mentally. Um, my mental health has always relied quite heavily on how my body feels physically. Um, certain physical feelings are a real trigger for me. And that night was kind of like all of my worst fears becoming real at once. It was really, really scary and I just couldn't deal with it. Within a few days, um, I was sat in my parents' garden clutching a packet of diazepam, willing myself to just stick one in my mouth. Um, I figured that diazepam, which is a short-term drug for anxiety, uh, which you may know by its brand name, uh, Valium, uh, I figured that it would bring me back to normal and that would be the end of that and I could just kind of go back to the way I was before. But really all the diazepam did was make me kind of sleepy and just a bit sort of out of it. Um, I fought as hard as I could to get better on my own the same way I had a hundred times before, but I was just in too deep a hole to crawl out. So I went back to my GP and he prescribed me citalopram. It was a drug that I'd heard of, but only really knew a little bit about. Over the next week, I probably spent 20 or 30 hours scouring forums and blog posts, reading other people's experiences of the drug, the horror stories, the terrifying side effects. I mean, for every positive story, there were like two or three negative ones. Um, I was really overwhelmed, actually. I was petrified, but I was running out of options really fast. You know, my mental health was just continuing to deteriorate the longer that I put off taking these tablets. I think that packet of citalopram sat on my bedside table for a month or maybe even longer before I finally plucked up the courage to start taking them um, with a push from my girlfriend and my mum who desperately wanted me to take them. I mean, it it kind of become a bit of a last resort. It was kind of the last option for me. Um, so the side effects, well, they set in very quickly. Um, for a month to six weeks, I'd say, I was like a sweaty, shaky mess. Um, I felt sick. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. It was fucking shit. And it was everything, all of those negative posts promised me it would be. But I knew I had to keep going because it was my last option and I had to give it a decent chance. So I persevered and after six weeks, the side effects began to subside. Um, there was a feeling of being like perpetually spaced out, like almost like you're living in a bit of a bubble, um, which 
lingered and which I still have today, two years later. Um, but suddenly the feeling of fear in the pit of my stomach, which I'd had for months now, was starting to disappear. I wouldn't say I felt happy, but I didn't feel sad either. The pills kind of numbed me. Um, but I mean, it was a million times better than being sad every day and not knowing why. Um, so once I sort of started to level out a bit, I decided to increase my dose. Um, I was on what's considered quite a small dose, which is 10 milligrams. Um, but I'd heard that 20 milligrams, um, was quite a good maintenance dose. So I figured, okay, I've I feel okay, I don't feel happy, maybe if I go up to 20 milligrams I'll start to feel happy again, so I went back to my doctor, um, I spoke to him about it and he said yeah let's let's put you up and see how it goes. Boy was I wrong, uh, the increase in dosage welcomed a brand new side effect, the worst of the lot, uh, crippling stomach cramps. Um, my body which had become so tiny and frail from months of having no appetite just literally couldn't handle that additional 10 milligrams my gut was like buckling under the strain of the chemicals and if you remember physical illness was like a huge trigger for my mental illness so I'm sure you can imagine where this is going um I was like on a one-way flight to crazy town it was not good um it came to a head on December the 12th, my 24th birthday, when laying on my bed crying hysterically, I literally just begged my mother to have me sectioned. I just could not control what was going on in my brain. It had become really overwhelming again. Um, instead of doing that though, um, she sent me straight to the GP as an emergency appointment and the doctor advised me to immediately wean myself off of the higher dose down to 15 milligrams and then back to the low dose of 10 milligrams and doing that definitely got me back on track. Um, the thing is with antidepressants, unfortunately, I think it's often a case of trial and error, like finding the right drug and the right dose. Um, it, it can take several attempts. Um, for example, you might be prescribed sertraline and it does nothing but change to citalopram and it could work. So for me, dosage was my issue and realising the 10, mili 10 milligrams was my perfect kind of maintenance dose allowed me to find, well, like my old self again, I guess. See, antidepressants weren't a cure for me. They just kind of allowed me to get to a place mentally where I was on an even enough keel that over time I could regain my confidence my own way. Um, you know, I was able to move out of my parents' house, which is something that when I was sick, I felt like I'd never have the confidence to do. And then moving out increased my independence, which further built my confidence and then um, I was then able to start playing shows with my band, which built my confidence even more. And then things just kind of snowballed from there. I mean, yeah, I still have the odd bad day, but don't we all? That's kind of a normal part of being human, I think. Um, it's two years later now, and I'm still taking the same low dose of citalopram. And yeah, there have been times when I've thought maybe I can wean myself off of them, but then I kind of wonder if it's worth the risk. I'm not sure what's going to happen in the future. Um, maybe one day I'll be able to be 
uh, drug-free and finally shake off the kind of spaced out feeling, which is my only lingering side effect. But for now, I'm kind of happy to deal with that. Now, I mentioned weaning myself off of the antidepressants, and I think that's another really important topic to discuss in this episode. Whether you think antidepressants are a good thing or a bad thing, it cannot be disputed that if you're taking them and you want to stop, you cannot go cold turkey. Serotonin reuptake inhibitors should not be abruptly discontinued after extended therapy, so that's anything longer than four weeks, and whenever possible should be tapered over several weeks to minimise discontinuation-related symptoms, and they can include nausea, headache, dizziness, chills, body aches, insomnia, basically all of the side effects you get at the start, but there's another one which is far worse than all of them, and it's what people kind of call brain zaps which are like electric shock sensations in the brain um let's not forget whether they work for you or not antidepressants introduce new chemicals into your brain and to stop that all of a sudden is not sensible the hypothesis kind of goes that discontinuing your antidepressants without a slow taper um, temporarily deprives the brain of one or more neurotransmitters resulting in the absolutely gross selection of side effects that I just mentioned. Um, If you're well enough that you feel ready to come off of medication, just don't bother screwing it all up up by rushing to come off of them. It's just going to put you right back to square one. You know, there have been times when I've even forgotten to take mine for like four or five days in a row and those side effects have set in. So I know how much it sucks. So we've covered what antidepressants are, what they do, my personal experience and the safest way to stop taking them. So I think the final thing I'd like to discuss is stigma. Obviously there's an overall stigma that sadly still exists when talking about mental health but one of the things that I find a lot of people to be really ashamed or embarrassed about is having to medicate themselves. I was there too, I didn't want anyone to know I was taking them when I first started I thought they'd think I was weird you know the kind of person that you cross the street to avoid but it was when I started to find the courage to tell people that I realized just how common it is to be taking antidepressants like one example that I always tell people about is when I confided in a friend of mine that I'd been taking citalopram and her response was like extremely calmly oh that's no big deal I've been taking Prozac for like eight years okay so (laughs) I'm not the odd one out then um it was like a real wake-up call for me and more and more I began to realize that a lot of people around me were in the same boat um struggling with depression or anxiety they had had to start medicating themselves too to deal with the symptoms. In fact, data from the NHS shows that 1 in 10 women and 1 in 20 men in the UK are on antidepressants. That's an awful lot of people and although it's really sad to think that that many people are living with a mental health condition, uh, which the press have often described as a mental health crisis in the UK in recent years, 
it's kind of comforting to know that you're not alone and it's not just you who's struggling to make it through in you know the big bad world we live in today it certainly helped to make me feel less embarrassed and I'm pretty open now about the fact that I'm taking antidepressants um you know I'm talking about it on a podcast that anyone can listen to so you know it's kind of a normal thing for me now So I've tried to be quite positive in this episode about antidepressants and given my fairly favourable personal experience, it hasn't been too hard for me to talk about the good side of them, but I really want to hear your experiences. You know, I know not everyone feels good about antidepressants and some people actually are very strongly opposed to them. And they have good reason to be. And I want to offer your viewpoints too. So please do get in touch. I'll give contact details at the end of the episode. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, I really believe that everybody is different. We're all made up of different stuff. So what works for one person might not work for someone else. I've combined my medication at times with talking therapy, for example. And for some people, just talking works for them. um, Where it didn't work on its own for me. Um, So yeah, I'd really love to offer a range of stories and experiences. And um, while I'm on the subject of other therapies, I will be doing other episodes similar to this one uh, where I'll talk about other kinds of uh, therapies. So talking therapy, cognitive behavioural therapy, a bunch of stuff. Um, So yeah, it's not just all about antidepressants. that's it pretty short one this week but i'll be back again in a fortnight with another awesome guest um as always please do get in touch if you have any questions or experiences to share it's crazy talk the podcast at gmail.com or you can hit me up on facebook at crazy talk the podcast where you'll also find details for help and support from people who actually know what they're doing unlike me Uh, If you like the podcast, please do subscribe, rate, share. That's always cool and will help the podcast to reach more people. Um, I'll be back again in a fortnight. Until then, take care, guys.